everyone. Welcome to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Chase Clark, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this journey of liberation and conversation. What is success? This is a question that's been pondered about for centuries. Philosophers such as Socrates and Plato have both studied what success is and how it's best measured. While doing some of his own research, Plato came to the conclusion that success is not measured by the amount of certain tasks you do, but what you learn and gain from that said task. This greatly mirrors the sentiment of 19th century philosopher and author, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who published a um, transformative essay entitled Self-Reliance. In this, from my understanding, Emerson is saying that a person's success is measured based on their individuality. And let me explain. He says, success is measured in how a person takes the situation handed to them, assumes responsibility for their actions, takes initiative to learn and become an independent thinker and person. Both Plato and Emerson dropped major gems in terms of arguments about what success is and how it's best measured, but some could argue that it's not very relevant to today, or is it? Welcome to the Renaissance Project of Black Girls Movement. I am your hostess with the most is Chase Clark. And of course, we are in series three entitled, So You Want to Be a Millionaire. I'm sure we can all agree that 2020 was a rough year for everyone. I'm sure we can agree that it was taxing mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and for some financially. Um, and being a high school student during that time, I found it incredibly difficult to balance school work, and then on top of that, creating my own philosophies on the way that the world works, the way life is. Um, and one philosophy that I kept coming back to was the philosophy of success, what it is, who can be successful, how it's best measured, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and much like everything else I think about, I decided why not put it on the show and ask people what they think about success as well. Um, but of course, in my research and in my thinking, I knew that I couldn't think about the philosophy of success by myself. So why not invite one of my most successful friends, right? He's a student at the early college at GTCC Jamestown, my old stomping grounds. And he is his own content creator with his thriving YouTube channel called YB Net, right? <laughs> YB Network. Network. Okay, make sure I got it correct. All right. And he's just all around a cool dude. I love having him here. Um, and I would just be remiss not to say what I think it stands for, based on my research. Um, so please, from your house, your car, wherever you're at, please help me in welcoming Elijah Tezuku, otherwise known as a young visionary named Elijah Tezuku. Yes. There we go. <laughs> so I appreciate you for being here. I appreciate you for being here. Thank so, you. Thank you. For of course. Letting me be here. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like I'm on Oprah. No. <laughs> Well, we're not there yet, but we're on the way. Look, cool. It's cool. <laughs> All right. So to get started, I'm going to set the stage and see if you can dig in your memory. Um, see if you can meet me where I'm at. Okay. All right. So do you remember freshman year, Miss Wilson's English freshman class? Um, it was like the first couple of weeks of school and we had a project. Do you remember the project? I definitely remember the project. <laughs> yes. That was, I remember yeah. that vividly. vividly. Yeah. Yes. And so the project was we had to get a box. Really, it was a shoe box, but I was just laughing with my mom that I brought something way bigger than a box yeah. <laughs> um, against my will, but that's besides the point. Um, and so we were asked to fill the box with all the things that basically make us us decorated and all this fun stuff. And I'm thinking back to this point, and I'm like, really? 
I don't remember much of what I put in my box right. or what was on it or really anything like that. But I do remember yours pretty vividly. Um, and it wasn't because you like brought anything I'd never seen before. You never said you said something that was like, you know, I never heard of that before. But it was just like your presentation, your confidence and just the way you presented. Like I was like, this dude is going to be successful. Like I would bet money on it. And so I'm doing research for this series some more, and I'm looking at um, stories of people who are already successful, like documentaries, stuff like that. And one thing that I found that, like, each one of them had in common is they always had someone that was there that kind of, like, watched them grow up or, like, a mentor, teacher, brother, sister, whatever. And, like, no matter who it was, what they were successful in, like, who the mentor was, they always said one thing, and they were always like, I just knew this person was going to be so successful. Like, I just knew, like... I knew. Um, and so I promise the story is going somewhere. <laughs> so um, then that brought me all the way back again to freshman year, my psychology class at GTCC. And we learned about these two philosophers, um, Locke and Hobbes. Do you remember them? Yes. And so um, let me make sure I got this correct. Hobbes thought that people were born with bad intentions, just innately like that. And Locke believed that people were born with good intentions, just innately like that. Um, and so that brought me all the way to the first question I'm going to ask you, your first philosophical question, as I'm going to call it. Do you believe that people are born innately with successful tendencies or is that something that like kind of comes as you're growing up? OK, so <laughs> this is a great question. Great question. And yes, it's been talked about, like you said, thousands of years. Yeah. People always wonder, like, do do they just have it? Because yeah. it, it seems like you you see those certain people and it's, wow, like they're only 10 and yeah. they're doing better than me. So what I think about it is I think that people do have gifts. Mm -hmm. I do believe in gifts. I do believe in natural talents. But I also think that those things have to be um, tended to. They have to be worked on. Mm -hmm. And if you're really going to get the most out of that gift, you're going to have to like really work for it. Because... Natural talents can only get you but so far. And someone that maybe wasn't as naturally gifted at something, but they just wanted it that bad, they can make it farther than you just because they just wanted it more. So, or me, <laughs> yeah, anyone, anyone, because, you know, it's just that's just how I see it. So, yeah, people have natural talents and gifts, but it, it doesn't define how far you're going to go with it. I agree. And that that was a wonderful uh, answer because I was thinking about my own question like, I don't know, because um, I was thinking about it like kind of like how you were. You have like people like um, I was just watching something about Kobe when he was in high school. He was walking around. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure everybody around him was like, yeah, he's going to make it. <laughs> like, right. um, but then on the other side of things you have, like you hear the stories of um, most of the rappers today and they didn't grow up with like the most savory of like backgrounds mm -hmm. it's not always you know not saying it was for kobe or for anybody else but it was it wasn't like your picture perfect image of how things should go if you're going to be on the road to success so i was like from both of those ways i guess it depends on like where you as a person are in life as you evaluate that question but really there's no um right answer i guess you'll say because People have been trying to figure it out for, like, thousands of years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking about this question as well, and um, I'm kind of feeling myself. I was like, that was kind of a good question. Like, yeah. <laughs> I might need to go get myself a degree, like, <laughs> ASAP. Um, but then I'm doing more research, and I find that, like, I was not the first one to come up with that question. It's been around 
for thousands of years. Um, but the first place that I put like trace that question ish back to was like back in slavery. Um, and so there was a concept that I read about during my AP English class. It's called the Talented Tenth. Have you ever heard of it? I have. Yes. All right. So I'm gonna read from um, an article out of 2018 by Roxane Gay. It's called The Price of Black Ambition, and it's available online. Um, you just look it up like that. Um, and so I think that's the best description of what it was, and it's actually what put me onto the whole concept. So it says, the boy, um, meaning W.E.B. Du Bois, was a vocal proponent of the talented tenth. This is an idea that out of every 10 Black men, one was destined for greatness. This 10% of men were to be educated and mentored so that they could become leaders. And if you continue reading into the um, article, you go a little bit down, she explains that it was popularized by Du Bois. He actually, I think, wrote a whole book about it, but it was actually created and coined by Henry Lyman Morehouse, who was ironically a white minister. And this is what he said about it. And I'm paraphrasing to a T because he said a lot about it. Um, he said, in the dis discussion concerning Negro education, we must not forget the talented 10th man. From there, and I'm really, really paraphrasing now, he basically was like, just, you know, watch out for the Negro that tends to be stronger, faster, smarter, like, it's just doing all the things. You just make sure that you watch him and what he's doing, because he's more apt to become a leader and, you know, could eventually provoke a rebellion or a revolution of some sort. And we need to stop that before, you know, it gets crazy. So, boom, here's philosophical question number two. Do you believe, as a young Black man in America today, that this is um, a stereotype, for lack of a better term, that's still perpetuated today? Wow. So, when I hear that question, it, it just makes me think of all the many times that, you know me, like, I'm pretty active in school, you mm -hmm. know, I like to be involved in class, answering questions and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. I've had multiple situations, mostly in middle school, it could have happened in high school, too. I think it has, but I have people... They'll be like, oh, I didn't think you were that smart. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what you mean? I'm like, what you mean? You know, I'm trying yeah. to see what they're trying to say. But they're like, oh, well, you just don't look that smart. I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I don't know what smart <laughs> right. looks like. Yeah. I don't know what smart looks like. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's I, I think that people have their own idea of what a leader is like you know supposed to be mm -hmm. and it's kind of like put in a box like oh if you're not an absolute genius then in school with academics or you're not a top athlete then you're not in this so-called talented tent yeah. but and that means that you're not really going to help our community as much as just you know your everyday person mm -hmm. but I don't I don't really agree with that I think that each and every single person has their role each and every single person is going to play a part in us as a black community coming up. And just as as everybody in the whole entire world, we yeah. all play a role. So I think the talented thing, we can still see it today just with the people that sort of receive the most attention. You know, yeah, like I agree. In, in the school, in the schools, you kind of see how different programs receive more attention, more, um, more. Traction. Yeah, attraction yeah. and stuff like that as other things. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's the talented 10th right there. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that's going to be somebody. Now, everybody else, I don't know. You know, sure, <laughs> exactly, exactly. sure they can do a little something. But, you know, but I think it's still present, but I don't think it should be. I don't, I don't 
But yeah, and um, thinking about that made me think of like a conversation I was having some time ago. Um, well, I've been having like this whole big back and forth thing with track. I'm sure some of my teammates are going to hear this, but I was like, um, sometimes in the program, it seems like some people get like more attention than others. Um, and I didn't know what really it was based on, but I felt like it kind of went back to this. Um, and then in thinking about that also just like being at Southwest going from GTCC to Southwest was like number one, a big culture shock. But I felt like at GTCC, you could definitely pick out some people that they were like, you. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. gonna let's put you in this class here. Just like down to us when we were freshmen, um, the people that they intentionally chose to put in those college classes first as freshmen, I was like, well, okay. Right. Um, but then from there, like even in going to Southwest, seeing the people that they intentionally are like, maybe AP is not for you. You know, let's just keep you in these classes just to like save your GPA. And I always thought like. Well, if you never put them in there, like, how are you supposed to know what they can do? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, then I think once you set that precedence for people that, you know, maybe you're not smart enough to be an AP or maybe you're not smart enough to go ahead and take that college class or maybe you're not fast enough to, you know, get my attention right now on this track team. It's like, well, it kind of just demolishes their, their self-confidence on number one. And that just kind of like sets a weird track for everything else. Um, but speaking of self-confidence, that goes right into my next question. Um, I was continuing my search on what success is, how to best find it, whatever. And I resorted back to a resource I used in the um, first series. And that was a book called The Millionaire Mind by Thomas Stanley. Um, and I read it a couple months ago. I thought it was really interesting. And basically the premise of the book, he gathered a group of like the most affluent um Americans, like the millionaires, billionaires, and he compiled a list of like everything that they do, like everything, who they marry, what kind of foods they eat, their daily schedule, like all of it, anything that was anything, he put it in that book. Um, so I, it was just interesting to see like what people, that people even think like this, like um, the marriage one for me was like people like strategically choose, but anyways, um, so as DJ Khaled calls it, I call those things the like their keys to success. Mm -hmm. So, if we were writing your millionaire mind book, what would be some of your keys to success? My keys to success, in a in a in a broader sense, mm -hmm. I would say practicing the principles that I have seen work in my life that I know that I can apply to any area of my life. Just applying them, and mm -hmm. I know it sounds really simple, but like, for example, things like organization. I know that my life is so much simpler. It may not be easy, <laughs> but it's just like, it's so much simpler yeah. when I plan out what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I know certain situations don't call for as much planning. You just go with it. But just being organized, knowing where things are, knowing what you need to do and, and making a plan. That's something that I would consider a key to my success. Being patient, you know, knowing that your time is coming. You don't got to rush and... Mm -hmm. Things like it's just, it's just little stuff like that, and I know it sounds like really simple, but it it, it, it that's why I think that anybody can be successful because yeah. that, that that's how I, how I view it. But it gets a little bit tougher to apply the principles that you know work when life is throwing one thing after another right. at you, and that's when you start your emotions start getting involved and you start acting off of your emotions more than you do your principles, and 
stuff that you know to work. So I think that as long as I stick to my principles, I stick to what I know is going to work. That's like a key key to my success. So, yeah. That was a great answer. That was a that was a stellar answer, and that's something that I had to practice, um, especially with that organization piece. Because, like you said, when life starts going like this, right. then I'm like, that planner is really the last of my concerns. And then before I know it, I'm like, what what day was I supposed to do this, or where was this at? I don't know where that is. And then everything is just kind of like it spirals. But um, I think. With that, like one other key to success to go with that is just like determination and having that drive to stick to the principles no matter like what. Um, but I think that takes like an intense focus that over a lot of time you have to just be patient with yourself with and, and continue to work at it. Um, but to add to that and then to add to my question from way back when, because I think I was thinking of it like off top and it was like, but um one thing that I have definitely learned over these past few months is like just the importance of self-confidence. I think people take it for granted so often. Um, and like, as I've been trying to be more mindful of like my self-confidence, it gets a lot easier to see people and they're like not as self-confident. And so you can kind of see the differing um, results. Um, just to like expand on that a little bit, I hope my brother doesn't mind me talking about him right quick. But I was, um, he plays basketball. He's a great basketball player. And everybody in the family knows this. Like, if he wanted to go D1, whatever, I know he could do it. Um, but it just stuns me how much sometimes he doesn't see it in himself first. And I'm like, those kind of things um, you have to see within yourself. And I was uh, talking to my mom about it, and I was like, it just frustrates me so much because I see so much in him, and he could just, if he could just do this a little bit different or just see that in himself, like, just imagine how far he could go. But she was like, um, you were the same way. <laughs> and I was right, like, yeah, yeah I was. Um, and then that, all of that, I'm just a very full circle person, so all of it just ranked me everywhere. But all of that brought me back to your presentation in Miss Wilson's class. And the one thing that I remember about my box, and I I did I despised my box at the time. I, I despised it so much. I left it in Miss Wilson's class for the whole year. <laughs> I didn't even take it home because I didn't want to carry it with me. But it had, we found this like bright, 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 bright wrapping paper. It had all these smiley faces on it. And it was so, it was so big. It was so bright. And like back when I had it, I was like, why is it so big? Oh my gosh, everyone's gonna be looking at me and like I'm gonna bomb this. It's gonna be horrible. But like I think about it now, and like if I had that box now, I would have shut all of y'all down. But yes, I know, <laughs> I know you would have. But back then, I was like, I don't know. So I, I like brushed that whole presentation. So I'm pretty sure I probably could have did better. But it all goes back to just having that confidence in yourself to be like, you know, I could do this. I'm capable. I, I. This is my box. Like, this is it. This is what I got. And I can do whatever I want to do with this. And um, going along with that, just understanding that even when you, you know, fail or lose or miss the mark, like, it's just learning. Um, so I think that's been one of my main um, things I've been working on, but also, like, the main proponent for me just doing stuff a little bit differently and just living a little bit differently. And it's also helped with organization because I'm like, I can organize myself. I can get my life together and I can be patient and stuff like that. Um, but another thing uh, that I know is one of your keys to success as well, as well as mine, is having faith. 
Um, I know you and I both are Christians. And so I wanted to ask you, what, how has your faith kind of determined how you see success? Or how does that work? Well, I'll start with a little story. Okay. okay. So basically, it's so embarrassing now, but not really, <laughs> you know, because, you know, it's the past. But it was um, kindergarten. And I remember, like, you know how we used to learn our numbers and mm-hmm. our, our ABCs and stuff like that. And they used to give us the papers mm-hmm. to write it down about 20 times just to make sure you get it. So, you know, we was doing maybe about 1 through 10, numbers 1 through 10 and 1 through 20. I don't even know if we were going all the way up to 20 at that time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we were maybe doing about 1 through 10. 1, right, number 1, good. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I was pretty much okay the whole entire time. I was doing that fine. Mm-hmm. Then I got to the number 8. And, oh, girl, girl, I tell you, I couldn't, <laughs> I could not write the number 8. And to be the five-year-old kid that I was, mm-hmm. I was super hard on myself. I don't, still to say, I, I don't really know where it came from, but I was in the classroom crying, oh, like man. crying at other, other kids looking at me like, is this the number 80? Why did you just write it? <laughs> and it's just making me more mad. And I'm like, why, how can they do it? But I can't, yeah. you know? And I, I, I sat there and I cried and I cried because I just could not write the number eight. So that's like the earliest memory, memory of me having just, a perfectionist subconscious like mm-hmm. and it, it's something that I still deal with to this day but I've learned like getting back to your point about faith like how my faith has shaped my view of success before my view of success just naturally was doing everything perfect like if somebody else can do it you know what why can't I do it you right. know so I should I should I know what to do the teacher's sitting there writing the eight on the board so why can't I just do it perfectly <laughs> like why can't I just write the eight yeah. like like how like like how she writes it, but um, I started to realize on my walk with God, like I would just the nights I would pray for things because I was lacking in certain areas and I needed help, like self self confidence, um, hope, joy, all these different things, and I would pray for them, and I would see over time that I got I got those things, and the the where where I was imperfect. My heart was changed after after I prayed and I talked with God about it, and my heart was changed. So I, I started to realize that, goodness, I may not be perfect. You know, I got a lot of stuff that I need to work on. Mm-hmm. I will continue to deal with perfectionism, which is imperfection in and of itself. But yeah. God is perfect. Where I'm lacking, God has a lot of it. You know, where I'm empty, God is full. So it it made me realize that I don't have to be perfect and. That's like a big thing in my life because, goodness, I, I'm always, oh, sorry, always, <laughs> always been a perfectionist. So mm-hmm. it just made me realize, look, Jesus Christ, that's the only one that came to the earth and was going to do everything right. Me, although I want to do everything right, I check myself when I um, when I get into that mindset and be like, I don't got to be perfect. Where I'm, where I'm lacking, God, God is going to cover where I'm lacking. So, Amen. Yeah. Good point. Um, and how would you say that, or what would you say is the importance of having faith on your road to success? Well, like the points you were making earlier about confidence, mm-hmm. like when you really get on get on this journey with God and you really just start experiencing certain things and you really start seeing yourself transforming as a person, and you start seeing things differently, you're like you get this confidence mm-hmm. and you're just like, whoa. I feel like I can do anything like and I feel like that confidence that you get, it makes you feel like you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to. 
So I'd say number one, it, I think the number one thing for me is is the confidence that it gives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. I would say for me, the importance um, goes deeper than like any kind of religion kind of thing. We, even if you don't believe in a God, just having something that, you know, you can have something that you can hold. Because um, that was the main thing for me. What really drew me to wanting to know God is just I've realized especially over the quarantine because that's when I really started getting into it that everything was so fleeting like everything happened so fast all the time um then with the COVID like just like that everything gone I'm like I need something that can just be like mine Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like um I think just having the ability to say like this is my religion this is what I believe in this is my faith um and then just having that and knowing that you'll always have that it's just a success in itself so that's the main thing for me, but I definitely agree with that point there. Yeah. And so um, the last place that I dropped off my research on success was in my very first love of music. Um, so, of course, I listened to a broad genre of music. Everybody will tell you because I'm always having concerts in my room and stuff. But I found, like, the most hilarious trend in, like, music from the 2000s to today so, you know, the music in the, in the 2000s, early 90s, really the 80s as well, um, was mainly about being like the main PIMP, making all the money, getting all the honeys and all of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. And like, today is the same kind of thing. You know, you still have some people pushing that narrative. But I found that a lot of the rappers that were like really starting to get popping back then, that were just really like just following the wave, trying to get on. um they matured and stuff and they grown and so you can really see that shift in their lyrics um and one of the most like prominent in my mind examples of that is in jay-z um so i have two of his lyrics here (laughs) but i'm not a rapper by any regard so we're just gonna read these like regular like i'm reading a story and it's gonna be okay i got you so um it's a 2004 song called more money with r kelly and twist on there um, and so this is what he says in like the very closing bars. He says, getting this money, switching my lanes and my kicks like I'm addicted to difference. You pick what you want from me to be a lane with visions of riches enter my brain. I can picture myself in deep ditches just switching lanes. And so I was looking at this, listening to this like, okay, pretty good bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I switched over to one of my like favorite Jay-Z songs of all time, if not my favorite, which was the story of OJ. And uh, he says in there, you want to know what's more important than throwing money away in the strip club? Credit, which I could go into because that's like a double on top. But anyways, um, he says, you ever wonder why Jewish people own all the property in America? Here's how they did it. And then after that, he says, financial freedom, my only hope, F living rich and dying broke. So that led me to philosophical question number three. And this was like really broad. So Mm -hmm. your answer doesn't have to be like life changing by any regards. Um, but why do you think that we as a culture, culture meaning, you know, African-Americans find ourselves caught up in the ideology that success lies in the amount of money or cars or, you know, just materialism? Um, and then for people who like to argue, because I know someone out there is like, that's not what we think about all the time. Um, but why is it publicized this way then? Oh, wow. This is this is a great, this is great question. <laughs> applaud, applaud you right now. Thank but you. anyway, um. I think that the reason we look at the material, the money, the 
cars, the mansions, and things like that is because I think it starts with the way we view money. Like, the way we view money is, like, the more money you got, the more problems you can just get rid of, you know? So it's, like, more money if you got, if you're rich, you don't got that many problems. But as we've seen time and time again, just because you got a whole lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to face issues, that life cannot hit you, that anything that can happen to a poor person can still happen to you as a rich person. So, um, but what I realized, like, in the songs, you know, in the music, a lot of the artists that we listen to, they come from the slums. You know, they come from places where they just barely making it and stuff like that. So it's like most of their issues, many of their issues have to do with money and not Mm -hmm. having the materials that they need. So it doesn't really give them time to think about sometimes, wow, I low-key have anxiety. Like, (laughs) I low-key lack self-confidence. I low-key have other issues in my life. But, you know, everywhere they look, it's a lack of this building has been we need this building. It's been torn down forever. Like, well, not torn down, but just messed up. It needs to be rebuilt. Our house has leaks in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I could only live in a mansion, like if only I had the money to just get me that. But it kind of like causes you not to really think about, wow, OK, yeah, you get the material things, which is it's cool. But there's also other problems. So I think that's why we like to associate um success with materialism it's just it's just like you know we want to feel like we can live a life of ease yeah but and coming from the type of places that a lot of our most famous people come from it looks like with a lot of money or with a fast car your life would be easy Mm -hmm. it just don't work like that yeah um and i think that goes back to uh what i was saying about faith i think so bad people just in general no matter if they say they like it or not, I think people just so that want something that they can call theirs, something that they can have forever and ever. Um, and so I think it's easier for a lot of people to put their faith and hopes in the amount of money that they have. Because for a time, I'm sure it doesn't feel like it's slowing down. And then before you know it, it's like, well, it's a little thin here, it's a little thin there. Um, then I know for a lot of people, just thinking about religion is just, overwhelming so they're like let me just put my trust in something that's more mundane um and i know for african-americans there's kind of like a weird dynamic with religion all in itself that you know some people still have to work through um so i do definitely think it does stem from just like not having much or just having that understanding that our ancestors didn't come from having a lot when they were initially brought here um everything was taken away so just having the ability to say, you know, yo, like, look what I got. I got this now, and, like, I got this for my moms, and she got that for her moms, and everybody got this. And I just think, you know, it just creates this false identity, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word. But um, we are actually getting down to the wire now. You're doing great. (laughs) You're doing great. Um, And so I wanted to point out that, like, over the course of this whole interview, I have pointed out at least five or six different um, sources from which uh, the definition of success or like who can be successful, all of these different things. Um, So there has been five or six different sources that I've pointed out just in this interview alone. And that just really goes to show just how um, contradictive and confusing 
the philosophy of success can be. Um, but I think it really does just boil down to how you see yourself in the world, how you move throughout the world. Um, and so these last three questions are really all about you, not about the world. Just whatever you would like to say about them. It's all up, it's all up to you. So we're just all you now. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask them. I'm going to let it marinate a little bit. I'm going to let you answer. And then, like I've been doing, I'll just offer my opinion if I have something specific to say. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> First question. With all the contradicting ideas of success out there, how do you find it best to create your own philosophy of success? Um, the way I find it best to create my own philosophy is just um, I take it day by day. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a checkpoint, per se, of, oh, if I get this, now I'm successful. I look at what do I need to do today and to make my life simpler to ensure that I'm making my life easier for myself. And if I can do that, then I feel successful. So I don't really think of it as, you know, success. You know, how can I put it? Like it's like I was saying, it's like a checkpoint. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see it as that. I just see it as taking care of my responsibilities and every, each and every single day I'm looking to be successful. So that's how I create my philosophy. Good idea. Good idea. Um, so with that, it becomes a big, big question. So um, up to you. If you had to, you know, make your own dictionary, what would be your definition of success? My definition of success, if I own Webster's, Webster's Dictionary, <laughs> yeah. um, I would just say getting better at life. Getting better at life. And I don't need to elaborate on that. In my opinion, getting better at life is, I would think of examples like, Things that would have tripped me up before in life, things that I've made mistakes with, things that I know I could have done better on. When I learn from those situations and I take the lessons away from it that I needed to, and then I come to another situation in the present and I'm going through something very similar, I when I can look back and say, Oh, I've been through this before. I learned I learned from that mistake that I made. And now I'm gonna go through this situation with ease. It's gonna be a whole lot simpler. That to me is getting better at life. Because you're not just making the same. Of course, we we humans we make same mistakes over and over. But Different. but some but sometimes you know it just feels good. I feel I feel really fulfilled when I can say, "Wow, those things that used to trip me up, they don't trip me up anymore." Like things that used to really get to me, mm-hmm. like people say certain stuff. I can hear I can hear them say that, and they don't even you know upset me no more. Things like that. I think that's getting better at life, and that's how I view success. It's not really in the material. It's not really in because I know that as long as I can keep learning from my mistakes and getting better, the material things that that's gonna come. You know, the house gonna come, cars gonna come. You know, be able to go on vacations and stuff like that. But that's not really what I'm chasing when it comes to success. I just getting better at life. To me, that's such a mature answer. (laughs) I was trying to think about it. I was like, just in case you know, an event ever comes and I'm like ass on the spot. I was like, really? Um, it depends for me, and it really fluctuates based on what I find that I'm around. Um, and I really think that just stems from just me always doing stuff, and my brain's always so busy. So I'm always like, you know, if I find myself surrounded by working, if I'm like working a lot that day, then I'm like, you know, I'm really gonna be a success when I make it out. <laughs> you right. know? And that's funny because I'm not even really in like a, a bad situation by any regards. So it's like. Sometimes I'm like, you know, success really lies in if I make it out of here. 
I go get my name plastered up somewhere, and then I'm like, yeah, that's success. Um, and then when I find that I am reading my Bible a lot, watching a lot of sermons, and I'm like, you know, making the heaven would be would be success. Right. <laughs> that would be a great success. Um, and then you know, when I'm on my little philosophical tip, and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like. Yeah, I think about it like that sometimes, and I like go over my life. I do that a lot, and I'm like, you know, I could have did this differently, or just learning like stuff like that. I I view that as success as well. So I I really think um, that it all boils down for me. It just boils down to when I'm around because I never really have like a centralized uh, definition of success. But I have this last and final question for you. It's the biggest question. I didn't even include it in your question, so you'd have to think about it on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so, but I think it's going to be easy. Okay. So, by your definition that you just stated, are you successful? Yes. I, th- I think I'm definitely successful. I look at myself two, three years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I've come a long way. But I'm also able to look at myself right now and say, nah, you still need to work. Yeah. You still need to work <laughs> because, look, you got a long way to go, but... Yes, because that's why I just love my definition of success because it's just so personal. Mm-hmm. And I know w- what I need to work on. I know the mistakes that I've made and how I can build upon that and be like, you know what? Maybe next time I go through this, I can look at it a different way mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I-, I would say that I'm successful. Yeah. And I would agree. All right. So if anybody wants to reach you or find out more about you, where would they go to look? Look, you can follow me on Instagram for more consistent um, updates <laughs> on my life. But I'm definitely about to get a whole lot more consistent on my YouTube channel again, which you can find me at YV Network. That's Y-V-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. And, you know, I go by YV Net. That stands for a young visionary named Elijah Tuzuku. So you can find me up there, especially since it's summertime. We're about to be rolling the videos. So you can expect pretty much any type of video on my channel. So yeah, that's where you can find me, YV Network. Right. And on Instagram, yvnet dot underscore. All right, you good? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that is actually the conclusion of our show. I really appreciate you so much for coming and like bearing your soul almost. So I, I appreciate <laughs> Thank you, you for having me. Of course. All right. Um. So yeah, that wraps series three, uh, episode one. Um, I wanted to thank all the listeners for tuning in and yeah, to make it next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to the Renaissance Project, a Black girls movement. Want to join the combo? Contact me via Instagram at the Renaissance P R J C T, or you can email me at the Renaissance P R J T at gmail.com. If you feel led to donate, you can do so by sending your funds to dollar sign Chase AC7 on Cash App. It is not required, but definitely encouraged. That's all from me. I hope to see you next Thursday. Until then, be well.